welcome to this community-supported and guest-produced edition of the Best of the Left podcast, with clips today from YouTube.com, The Sam Cedar Show, C-SPAN, Mike Malloy, Chris Rock, and CNBC. No one who works for a living in our nation should have to live in poverty. Yet in America today, a minimum wage worker who works 40 hours a week, 52 weeks a year, earns $10,700 a year. For a family of three, that's almost $6,000 below the poverty line. Yet across the country today, there are millions of mothers and fathers for whom that's the reality. The CEOs from your wealthiest corporations in this country earn more in four hours than a minimum wage worker earns in an entire year. And yet the Republican majority found the time to make life easier for the most well-off 1% of people in this country, but no time at all to help those who need it most. What kind of values does that represent? Welcome back, everyone. Paying your bills with 1997 wages is something almost 2 million people are struggling with in America, making a minimum wage that hasn't been increased in almost 10 years. $5.15 an hour is the minimum wage in America, a rate so low even fast food joints offer more. I don't get paid minimum wage. I get paid a little bit more, but... 515, you can't even really live on that, especially if you have your own bills, your own rent, your own car. It's kind of hard. With the Democrats now firmly in control of Congress, one of the first things on their agenda will be to raise the minimum wage. The effects that higher labor costs will have on small businesses is an issue that's been debated to death practically. But now there is some new data showing that raising the minimum wage is not all that bad for business. The federal minimum wage has stayed at the same level for the past nine years, at 5.15 an hour. Democrats want to raise it to 7.25 an hour. It's certainly good for a lot of people to think they're making more money and, and energize them a little bit and hopefully get them spending more. But the flip side to raising minimum wage is the higher labor costs for small businesses. Critics have argued businesses would lose profits, have to eliminate jobs, or raise prices. But a recent study from the Fiscal Policy Institute suggests that states with a minimum wage above 5.15 an hour have had faster job growth among small businesses and in the retail trade sector. I don't think another $2 an hour uh, for minimum wage people is going to deter the majority of us, most of us, uh, from uh, going to a nice restaurant, uh, from going to a movie. And it is evident that a growing number of voters are supporting a raise in minimum wage. In this round of elections, voters in six states approved ballot measures to raise the state's minimum wage above the federal 515 an hour. And that brings the total number of states with a higher minimum wage than the federal level to 29. The Fair Minimum Wage Act would raise the federal minimum wage to $7.25 by 2008 by providing a much needed and much earned increase that will benefit more than 15 million of the nation's hardest workers. That increase amount puts more than nearly $4,000 in the hands of those who need it the most. USA Today reports that about half of those Americans making minimum wage are under 25. 
but that means that about half are older, possibly trying to support families. Something that seems impossible in today's world. 725 is a little bit, but that actually that's good. They should be more like a living wage than a minimum wage, I think. At this very moment, most working parents are making choices that no family should ever have to face. Seeing a doctor or eating dinner, daycare for a child, or a few gallons of gas to get to work. Paying the heating bill, paying the rent. How is it possible that a full-time employee in this country, in the most powerful economy in the history of the world, should have to make impossible choices like that? The cost of rent, health care, and energy costs have all skyrocketed in the last nine years. The minimum wage hasn't changed a dime. disturbing at times. I have four children that I've been trying to take care of for 16 years. Uh, their ages range from 10, 12, 14, and 16. I've worked basically at minimum wage my whole entire life. And at my age now, I'm still working very, very close to minimum wage. It's very hard. I go to bed crying at night. I wake up crying. I uh, try to make my children strong, and it forces me to put a lot of burden on them about education and stressing to them that they have to make it. I don't tell them that the reason why mommy's not eating tonight um, is because I'd rather for you to eat better than me. I don't tell them any of the harsh stories why the car is driving the way it is. Um, but I guess to start it off, um, more basically, it makes you cry, it makes you hurt inside. I wake up around 4 o'clock in the morning and engulf myself in prayer. Think about, think about God a lot. 
I think about should I be really thinking about money? Should I should I should I be worrying about being rich so my children and I can have a great home, get out of a bad neighborhood? And then I have to ask God to forgive me um, for asking for all those things because I'm thinking maybe it's wrong. Maybe I'm supposed to work like this. Maybe everybody else is supposed to make money. Not everybody can have money. Maybe it's just the way it's supposed to be. Tell me, why do Republicans and conservatives hate people who make the minimum wage so much that they refuse to raise it? What would tell me why? Why I can't tell you, but it's stunning what happened last week. You know, the the House passed uh, a clean minimum wage bill. You know, there are no uh, handouts to business in it. It was just our working Americans deserve a wage, deserve a raise. They haven't gotten it for ten years. Here it is, and that even came with. Uh, some Republicans voted for that, right? 82. I mean, everyone talks about how we have to find ways to, you know, win over Republicans and accommodate and bend over backwards, uh, kiss their ring if we want to get their support. What happened in the House was Democrats stood their ground, publicly shamed them when they tried to muck up the bill and said, you know, what is it about working people that you hate so much? And 82 Republicans saw the political writing on the wall and said, I don't want to go back to my district saying I voted against the minimum wage. Right. And they came over. So that bill goes over to the Senate, and what happens? Forty-three Republicans, almost the entire Republican caucus, filibusters the bill, blocks it from going to an up-or-down vote. What? No up-or-down vote? I thought that was sacred in Republicanville. Yeah, they, they love it when it involves the right-wing judges, when it involves giving Americans, you know, the, 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 mo the barest minimum of raises. <laughs> that brings out their ire. But it gets better than that, Sam. Because after they blocked the, a vote on the clean bill, 28 conservative senators then puts on the floor a, a bill to eliminate the federal minimum wage altogether. Wow. To just eradicate it un, under the mask of state flexibility. Well, the states can set it wherever they like. Well, now, we've seen a lot of states have, have raised uh, the minimum wage, but, I mean, you know, I don't understand how this is defensible. We have seen every study now that we have seen about the minimum wage has shown that it, in fact, does not affect, does not create job loss to the extent that it has affected jobs at all on uh, studies where, you know, I think one came out of New Jersey, it has actually increased employment. 
Well, in fact, you know, uh, under Clinton, wages went up and employment went up. Under LBJ, wages went up and employment went up. Uh, you know, it's not that it always happens that way. There's, there's lots of factors involved in this. But the notion that when you raise the minimum wage, it's, it's somehow an automatic job killer is bunk. But Republicans are way too, the conservatives are way too tied to the business lobby, and they're doing their bidding right now. And people need to see, you know, I mean, Jim Webb just gave a fantastic response uh, to the State of the Union last week. We made very clear where the public stood as far as an economic vision for the country that measures society's health from the base, not the apex. That's right. Jim Webb. I think, I think he was quoting Andrew Jackson. Yes. Uh, and... Republicans, I mean, they understand where the political wind is blowing. They realize that Americans are sick and tired of an economy that doesn't work for them. So they can't come out and tell you to your face, hey, let's, let's repeal the minimum wage. They gotta wrap it up in some bunk about safe flexibility. But they are passionate enough about doing the business lobby's bidding that they still go out and put it on the floor anyway. Wow. It's stunning. So what happens next? What happens next, uh, and this is, I think it's going to happen tomorrow in the Senate, you're going to have a vote on a bill which will raise the minimum wage but will be tied to tax breaks for business, which is not the best way to go about doing this. We really should be standing up to the business lobby and saying, Americans deserve a raise, period, and that's it. What, but that will probably pass, and then it goes to a House Senate conference where you'll have the clean bill, clean bill versus the dirty bill. And I hope we see in uh, Campaign for America's Future, where I'm working now, we're supporting a clean bill. Uh, we hope that we, we get the public to stand up and put pressure on the Congress, on the House and the Senate, to say this bill should be should be implemented clean, no handouts to business. They've gotten over $200 billion in tax breaks over the past six years. Wow. It's not like these guys are starving for tax breaks. Exactly. So, uh, so what can happen in conference? They can strip that provision of the bill out. They can, anything can happen in conference. They can strip things out. They can add things in. You know. And then there's another way they could go about doing this. You know, if, they, if the business lobby is so determined to have their precious handouts, we could go back and say, okay, fine, we're going to tie the minimum wage to cost of living and inflation and solve the problem of a degrading minimum wage for good. Right. Have it automatically arise uh, over time. And you know, some people think that that can't happen. You had six states just this past November pass ballot initiatives that did just that, and I believe they were all red states. So the people want this. The people want the problem of the degrading minimum wage to be permanently solved, and we could push that. That's one way to go. Either that or a straight-up clean bill is how we should be handling this, not bending over backwards. And just to bunk this whole notion that any time you want to raise the minimum wage of pittance, it's somehow going to be detrimental to jobs in this country. President, uh, it is now 
at 10 after 5 on the fifth day that the Senate has been considering raising the minimum wage from $5.15 to $7.25 over a two-year period. We have not, as we have heard in the course of this debate, raised it in the last 10 years. This is just going to restore the purchasing power of those at the, uh, the lower rung of the economic ladder, what it was really 10 years ago. Won't even give them an increase, won't even give them a benefit. Just restore the purchasing power. Five days we've been debating. Rather simple concept that everyone in this institution knows and has voted on a number of times, whether it's over here in the Senate or in the House of Representatives. For 10 years, Republican leadership have refused to let us get a vote on increasing the minimum wage. Let's have no mistake about it, Mr. President. 10 years, the Republican leadership has basically refused to let us get it, even though a majority of the members in this body, a handful of those Republican members, have favored an increase in the minimum wage, but we have been unable to get to the sufficient to break the effective filibuster and deny us uh, the opportunity to vote. These individuals, individuals that uh, have been receiving the minimum wage and their families and their allies and their supporters and the workers of this country, the trade union movement, the AFL-CIO, uh, just uh, the church groups, those that represent the great face of this uh, country, and uh, others, particularly Democrats and some conscientious Republicans, have said this is wrong, and we will try and do something about it. And they have, over the period of time, raised the uh, on initiatives in a number of states, in six different states, where this issue was on the ballot, they indicated that they wanted the increase in the minimum wage. States have raised the minimum wage. But we have still not had this institution, the United States Senate, go on record to say to working families in this country that they ought to get a raise. $240 billion in tax breaks for corporations, $36 billion in tax breaks for small businesses. Increase in productivity, 42% over the last 10 years. But do you think there's any increase in the minimum wage? No. Five days on the floor of the United States Senate. We've considered immigration issues, as we have now. We've considered Social Security issues. We have considered health issues. We are considering education issues. We are considering... Uh, additional kinds of tax breaks for wealthy corporations. But do we hear from the other side a willingness? As this side is at this moment, at 12 after 5 today on Thursday, I speak for our, all of our Democrats and say, we're prepared to vote now. Now. 10 minutes, 15 minutes on this issue. But no, as we have been for the last five days, no, no. We've got other amendments, Senator. We've got other amendments. We've got other amendments uh, to offer. We have now had amendments that have been worth over $200 billion. Amendments that have been offered. We've had amendments on education of $35 billion. We've had health savings amendments 
that'll benefit average for income of $112,000, eight billion dollars. We've had those kinds of amendments. And we're looking at the Kyle Amendment at three billion dollars. But we still cannot get a two dollars and fifteen cents over two years. Over two years. What is the price? We asked the other side. What is the price that you want from these working men and women? What cost? How much more do we have to give to the private sector and to business? How many billion dollars more are you asking, are you requiring? When does the greed stop? We asked the other side. That's the question, and that's the issue, Mr. President. Make no mistake about it. They have on the Republican side 70 more amendments. 74, 70 more amendments. We have none. We're prepared to vote now. 70 more amendments. Oh, yes, oh, we want increase in the minimum wage. We want this, we want that. But silence over there, or let's have some other kinds of amendments that have virtually nothing to do with this. Do you have such disdain for hardworking Americans that you want to pile all your amendments on this? Why don't you just hold your amendments to other pieces of legislation? By this volume of amendments on just the issue to try and raise the minimum wage, what is it about it that drives you Republicans crazy? What is it? Something. Something. Are you going to require us to go in to have a cloture vote next week? I can see it already. Amendments have already been filed that are going to be related in case we do get cloture to delay this even further. What is the price that the workers have to pay to get an increase? What is it about working men and women that you find so offensive that you won't permit even a vote? Denying the Senate of the United States the opportunity to express ourselves. We don't want to hear any more from that side for the rest of this session about permitting and not permitting votes in here when you're denying on the most simple concept, an increase in the minimum wage. We don't want to hear any more about that. This is filibuster by delay and, and amendments. I've been around here long enough to know it when I see it and smell it. And that's what it looks like. That's what it is. Make no mistake about it. Make no mistake about it.
Uh, Simon in the UK wrote, I thought Ted Kennedy was going to have a stroke. Worth remembering, this is the same bunch of filth that spent all summer back in 05 demanding an up or down vote and threatening the nuclear option. He's referring there, of course, to the Republicans. And now they essentially filibuster what is really a small increase in the U.S. minimum wage. Saddest part is, come 2008, there are still going to be people on minimum wage and perhaps even earn even less who are going to vote for the Republican Senate candidate on their ballot. I just hope that there are too few to guarantee these bastards re-election. Uh, it's all over the Internet. Let's play it for you. Uh, we have two cuts. Uh, we have edited about uh, two minutes out of this. A little bit more on that? Okay. But this is where Kennedy gets furious over the way Republicans keep trying to prevent the American people from receiving a modest increase, for Christ's sake, in the minimum wage. And the way the Republicans are doing it is adding amendment on top of amendment to the bill so uh, so that what they're actually doing is filibustering by delay. They're not filibustering it, but it has the same effect. Kennedy asks why Republicans hate the American workers so much. What price do the neocons want in billions to corporations before the worker can get a stinking $2 per hour raise over two years. When does the greed end? For 10 years, Republican leadership has refused to let us get a vote on increasing the minimum wage. Let's have no mistake about it, Mr. President. 10 years, the Republican leadership has basically refused to let us get it. States have raised the minimum wage. But we have still not had this institution... The United States Senate go on record to say to working families in this country that they ought to get a raise. $240 billion in tax breaks for corporations, $36 billion in tax breaks for small businesses, increase in productivity 42% over the last 10 years. But do you think there's any increase in the minimum wage? No. Five days on the floor of the United States Senate. We're considering uh, additional kinds of tax breaks for wealthy corporations. But do we hear from the other side a willingness? As this side is at this moment, at 12 after 5 today on Thursday, I speak for our, all of our Democrats and say, we're prepared to vote now. Now. 10 minutes, 15 minutes on this issue. But no. As we have been for the last five days. No, no, we've got other amendments, Senator. We have now had amendments that have been worth over $200 billion. We've had health savings amendments that will benefit average for income of $112,000, $8 billion. We've had those kinds of amendments. And we're looking at the Kyle Amendment at $3 billion. But we still cannot get a 2 dollars and 15 cents over two years over two years what is the price we ask the other side what is the price that you want from these working men and women what cost how much more do we have to give to the private sector and the business how many billion dollars more are you asking? Are you requiring? When does the greed stop? Jesus, sounds like Mike Malloy. Except he didn't say son of a bitch. Go ahead, Senator. Say it a couple of times. They are sons of bitches. Every filthy, stinking one of them. 
Kennedy continues asking why the Republicans have piled 74 amendments onto this bill, asking what is it about the American worker that drives these rat bastards crazy, that these Republican filth find so offensive. They have on the Republican side 70 more amendments. 74, 70 more amendments. We have none. We're prepared to vote now. 70 more amendments. Do you have such disdain for hardworking Americans that you want to pile all your amendments on this? Why don't you just hold your amendments to other pieces of legislation? Why this volume of amendments on just the issue to try and raise the minimum wage? What is it about it that drives you Republicans crazy? What is it? Something. Something. You're going to require us to go in to have a cloture vote next week. I can see that already amendments have already been filed that are going to be related in case we do get cloture to delay this even further. What is the price that the workers have to pay to get an increase? What is it about working men and women that you find so offensive that you won't permit even a vote? Denying the Senate of the United States the opportunity to express ourselves. We don't want to hear any more from that side for the rest of this session about permitting and not permitting votes in here. When you're denying on the most simple concept, an increase in the minimum wage, we don't want to hear any more about that. This is filibuster by delay and, and amendments. I've been around here long enough to know it when I see it and smell it. And that's what it looks like. That's what it is. Make no mistake about it. This, and, and, and this is why I hate Republicans, and, and I wish all of them would just go straight to hell. I really do. Um, back when they were in control, these rotten bastards, every time Bush would nominate uh, for a federal bench someplace another right-wing neo-Nazi, or every time he would nominate someone to, to a cabinet-level position to destroy whatever cabinet-level position he was being nominated to, these filthy, disgusting Republicans would scream and, and yell and pound their desk like Khrushchev, saying, we want an up-or-down vote. We want an up-or-down vote. We're concerned their ideological neo-Nazism. Here is a bill that over two freaking years, two years would increase the minimum wage by $7.15. And these rat, or $2.15. And these rat bastard Republicans are doing everything they can to delay it. And how many working class Americans are going to stand up and vote for these pigs again? Every job I ever had, I had to get them. The first day I found how to pimp the system. Two steps ahead of the manager again over on the regular tax free money out the register. And when I'm working late night, stocking boxes, I'm creeping they merchandise and don't put me on dishes, I'm dropping them bitches and taking all day long to mop the kitchen. Shit, we ain't getting paid commission, minimum wage, modern day slave conditions. Got me flipping burgers with no power and can't even buy one off what I make in an hour. I'm not the one the kids ask for the top position. I take mine off the top like a politician. Where I'm from, doing dirt is a part of living. I got miles to feed, dog. I got to get it. Oh, man. There's a lot of shit before I got my comedy, man. 
this would be like a bus boy and shit. That's a shit, boy. Bus boy. You know what that means? That means you take the bus home. Yeah. <laughs> no matter what happens, you end up taking the bus home. Fucking, I did a lot of shit before I got into comedy, man. I used to work at McDonald's. Making minimum wage, man. You know what it means when they pay you minimum wage? It means they don't give a fuck about you, okay? They don't care about your Christmas. They don't care if your kids got shoes on. You know, the boss goes, hey, how you doing? You know how the fuck I'm doing. I'm doing bad. That's how I'm doing. How the fuck could I be doing anything with this little bit of money you're paying me? <laughs> nah, just to make minimum wage, man. You know what it means when they pay you minimum wage? You know what they're trying to tell you? It's like, hey, if I could pay you less, I would. <laughs> but it's against the law. <laughs> this shit is crazy, man. You should work at McDonald's, man. You ever go to McDonald's and get online? There's a guy in front of you that doesn't have enough money to get anything? He's got like 40 cents and he's trying to cut a deal. He's just like, yo, man, check this out, check this out, check this out. Check man, this out. I'm yo, on way. author of Hostile Takeover. We're going to look at the minimum wage. According to Mr. Stossel, the myth is a higher minimum wage helps workers. The truth is a higher minimum wage helps some workers but hurts others. John, your thought. We all want to raise people's wages, but assuming the government can just set the wage is better than supply and demand is such nonsense. It assumes every employer has a fixed number of workers. But we don't have people washing windshields and gas stations anymore because the minimum wage makes it foolish to hire a kid to give an entry-level worker a shot. This thing's back in Congress. A lot of states are either passing it or discussing it. How many people get the minimum wage across the country? This is a data from your own book. Three percent. Bingo. Dave Sirota, three percent, and it hurts some people. What's your take? Well, listen, John, I would encourage you to stop reciting these dishonest talking points and the chatter you're hearing on the cocktail party circuit because the stats don't bear that out in any way at all. And here are the stats that you cannot dispute. In states that have raised the minimum wage above the federal le level, those states have created jobs at a far faster rate than the states that have not. That is because when you raise the minimum wage, you put money into the pockets of people who will spend it, and it spurs the economy. Now, that might not be heard in your book, which purports to debunk lies, but those are the facts. Well, if those are the facts, why stop at $7? We should pay everybody 20 bucks, 40 bucks an hour, and then we'll really have You're changing the power. subject. Just... You're changing the subject well, because the you know you're wrong. Decided, and I now realize who you are because you, on my Amazon page, he came on and said, I'm a smarmy-looking liar. But that one study uh, was from 
uh, Robert Reich's form, and it's been widely discredited. That's not a study. If you, if you look every at the serious states, economist just look at the states. It. That's not a study. If you look at the states, the states that have raised their minimum wage higher than the federal level have created jobs faster than the states that haven't. That's a fact. That's not a study. That's a fact. Uh, John Stossel, what about the argument? All right, this plays to your point of view. I'll let David rebut it. The argument by most economists, I just saw it on Greg Mankiw's website, Mankiw, a Harvard professor, worked in the government, is that, okay, you can raise the wage for those who are going to be involved, but you are going to price out the lower skilled workers who will try to get to the low end of the economic ladder. And or businesses are going to have to pay through the nose and be less profitable. Is that your basic point? Yes, they won't give the kid an opportunity. Why let the kid work on a construction job and learn the job if you have to pay him this minimum wage? You're going to hire a more skilled worker. David, I often wonder, there's such a small percentage of workers who are eligible for this thing. Why do you reckon it is such a small percentage if the results are so positive? Well, because I think that, that people don't want to work for, the, for, for those kinds of low wages. Minimum wages are the 50-year low, so there's a higher demand. But let me go back to your point here. The idea that low-wage workers are going to lose out on jobs. Let's just look at this case study, huh? Let's look at Oregon in 1998 that raised their, their minimum wage. What happened to their welfare recipients, those at the bottom end of the ladder? Their wages went up and their job opportunities actually increased. So just about everybody who listens to this show is probably well aware of the the whole situation and how Dick Cheney secretly runs our entire government from slightly behind the scenes and George Bush is just a, you know, puppet figurehead. Well, what you might not be aware of is that this show essentially runs the same way. There's a, there's a couple of Dick Cheneys behind the scenes here and I'm just the, you know, puppet figurehead. And, uh, and this episode was produced by, uh, by one of those Dick Cheney's, uh, Billy from Oregon, who really, I mean, when it comes to the forum and the website and, and the content and um, pretty much everything that has to do with the show, he's essentially behind all of it. So uh, a huge thanks to him. I think he did a great job. Uh, you know, hopefully if he's interested, I can't imagine where he'll find the time uh, but because of everything else he does, but you know, if he has the time, I'd, I'd love to have more, uh, more production work out of him. Although it's, uh, above and beyond my expectations, uh, of course, cause he does so much already. Interestingly though, it was just a couple of weeks ago on, on the forum, you know, speaking of these guys, uh, uh, regulars on the forum, uh, a couple of weeks ago. The discussion board forum version of a no-holds-barred knife fight broke out over the topic of minimum wage, and uh, and I, I guess this was Billy's response to that discussion. It's kind of a you know little debate going back and forth about uh, whether minimum wage was really something beneficial to small businesses, and so I guess this is. Billy's version of bringing an assault rifle to the knife fight, so uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, the discussion that, that pans out after this. Um, 
the uh, the opponents in the discussion uh, battered and, and bloodied um, may have a response and and so I'll be I'll be looking forward to that so this is normally where I would say this has been the best of the left podcast from best of the left podcast.com however I'm uh, currently in the middle of a fight with my domain registrar which isn't interesting in the least so I won't tell you about it but I just have to let you know that I do own not only bestoftheleftpodcast.com, which is the official website, but also thebestoftheleftpodcast.com. So if one doesn't work, you can always try the other and reach the website. So that is where you can go to find all the information about the show, uh, leave comments about particular episodes, uh, contact me directly via email, you can dig the podcast if you're familiar with dig.com. That helps us out a lot. Vote at Podcast Alley. Go to the uh, Best of the Left community forum where you can get involved with those uh, rousing online discussions about politics and uh, sometimes not politics. So this has been the Best of the Left coming to you from inside the Beltway and outside the border of Washington, D.C., and I'll talk to you real soon. Black and white You took apart a picture that wasn't right Pitch burning on a shining sheet The only maker that you want to be A dying man in a living room Whose shadow bases the floor